So I want to talk to you about uh, something that I heard recently about God's reminder, God's reminder. And, uh, you know, God's reminders are so, so very important uh, to us. And he over and over in the word of God, he keeps reminding us of certain things over and over. We just uh, I believe in God, our father. I believe in Christ, his son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three and one. We, we, I believe in the resurrection. That you know, we, 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 we see these themes over and over and over in Scripture uh, all the time. And, and so it, it's important. These reminders from God that He can constantly brings up before us are very important in the Scriptures. And especially in a world like we're living in today with all the pandemic, with all the stress, with all the worry, with all the anxiety, with everything that's coming. Because if you're not in the Scripture and if you're not being reminded, then all of a sudden your mind's going to be wandering in about a million directions. You're going to get off course and all of a sudden you're going to begin to, uh, to either uh, uh, begin to go in your shell and begin to hide in fear. You're going to begin to have anxiety. You're going to begin to work. Or you're going to get angry and, and begin to buy into things and be on one side or the other, pitted against each other, fighting all the time. So if we're not careful, we can let our mind go in a million directions. And I believe that's what God wants to come today and remind us in the Scriptures of something that He wants to remind us of over and over because that bad, as I said, bad thinking is corrosive and bad thinking is corruptive to us. And, uh, and so we need to, uh, it, it corrupts your behavior, it affects your personality, it affects all sorts of things. So we want to make sure that our thinking right now is right. So when a lot of things are, begin to happen around the world, the question today is how are we going to react to that change? When all these things, when COVID-19, when, when nations are rising against nations and famines and pestilences and, and, and the things that we've been preaching about the last few weeks, when all these things are beginning to happen, when we have preachers getting up a week ago and, and, and standing before the nation and saying, hey, America's at its last chance. It's at its last point. And if we don't return, then we're, we're, we're headed for a major judgment and calamity that we can look in the scriptures and be reminded over and over in God's word of what he does to nations that turn their back on him and that when and how long he lets it go on and when the flash points of judgment begin to strike. And so we see these things and if we're not reminded of these things that God wants to remind us of, then our, our thinking gets really, really corrupted and people start running around like crazy with this bad thinking. And, they, and, and, and we see that not only today in society and in the world, but we're seeing it in the church where people just overreact underreact going nuts about this do we do this do we do that and so today God wants to take us and he wants to show us how to react to these changes that we see coming and because if you react in the natural you're going to be susceptible to like I said fear you're going to be susceptible to anger you're going to be susceptible to hate you're going to be susceptible to all of these things that are going on you're going to give yourself over to the baser things and, and to the sin nature and to the corrupt fleshly nature and you're going to lose your joy you're going to lose your peace you're going to lose all of these things instead of thinking about truth and where God wants to bring you back to truth and to remind you of what the Word of God says and what He's continually saying to us over and over and over. And so we're to build our homes as we know on the Word of God. We're to build our lives on the Word of God. That's why He said in Matthew 7, He tells us to build that foundation deep. And, and He said the wise man built his house upon the rock. 
Amen. Let, let's sing that because I love to get you involved. And let's, let's just sing that little song that we used to sing in Sunday school so that we all just kind of stay awake and you get involved too. And it used to go like this. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the, and the house on the rock stood firm. Amen. Man, it's been a long time since I've been in, son, in children's church. And then they used to sing, So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, children's <laughs> teachers. I don't know why I go into things and I don't know how to end. I, I, just, I just have all kind of confidence you're going to bail me out. So, uh, good job. Thank you, Brenda. <laughs> we needed a musician to tell us the way out of that. But, but those built on the rock, you're either built on a solid, firm foundation today, which is built on the Word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will, will never pass away. So that's why he said, build on the foundation. If, if you abide in me and my words abide and remain in you, you can ask anything and it shall be given, is what he says in the Scripture. But if you're built on, on the sand, on, a, on something other than this, on man's ideas, on man's philosophies, on your own opinions, then you can look that when the, when the storms come and they come to all of us that when they come and beat upon your house and upon the house built on the sand the one who is built on the rock that's built on the word of God is going to stand and not fall in the day of calamity amen and so that's why I'm urging you now that's why I think COVID happened and the disruption of churches and if judgment begins it begins here in the house of God because look it was never intended for you to just look at a man up here and dispense the word of God to you and then come back next Sunday and then dispense it again it's time to get into the word of God yourself and to know the word of God and to build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ I'm just going to encourage you to do that we're going to come in here and encourage each other and then we're going to break the huddle and go out into the world World, and I'm not the preacher, you're the preacher. You go out into the world with the gospel and the good news and help people all week. Amen? Yeah. You, Bible studies in your home. Leading people to Christ. Showing people uh, God, what's to come. So, so, so we, we do that. And so that's why the Bible gives us doctrine. It gets us truth on how to live our lives and to build our house on the Lord. And, and, and so, but if not careful, we fade away from that. And now we're, we've got what CNN says. We've got what Fox News says. We've got what the neighbor says and what these people are arguing over. And it affects us. So if you don't go by what God said, then you'll be all over the place right now. You're going to be all over the road. You're going to be swerving everywhere. And you're going to be absolutely good. Uh, I'd say good for nothing because we're going to lead a, a lot of people astray and have enough of that to be dangerous and then leading people all over the, over the place. So the Bible gives us some specific reminders. And have you ever noticed, as I said, that the Bible is often repetitive? I mean, it mentions a lot of the same things over and over and over. And it does that so that we'll get our thinking back on God and back into the right channel. Because undoubtedly, we need to know these things over and over. It's kind of like when you were young and you were playing a sport. I know my boys played football. They played basketball. They played baseball. And I'm telling you, those coaches would go over things. And you know what? It would seem if I'd go out there, I always told them, look, if you're not getting yelled at, you're not good. So, so Because the coaches are always just yelling at the people 
people that they have confidence in and that are good. So I said, don't get offended. If you're getting yelled at, just know that you're doing something right and He expects more out of you. And so, but in sports, if you remember when you were young and, and, and you were, you were uh, in those kind of sports, the coach would always, it was always the same thing that they were yelling about because it was this repetition they were trying to get into you. That, hey, if they throw you the ball and they pass you the ball, that, you know, you gotta, you gotta start dribbling the ball or you're gonna be traveling. And so they're yelling the same things. Or if they throw you, if they, if they get a rebound and they throw the, you get a fast break and they throw you the ball, it's always good to stop, look down court because there might be somebody down. If you start lowering your head and dribbling, you may miss an opportunity to hit somebody down the court that can, that can take it that's wide open and shoot the ball. Yesterday on, on a football game, I was watching the very thing happen. They said, hey, this guy ran a route and another one ran down the field further and he was wide open. He threw it to the shorter guy and they said when they watch film they're going to get him they'll get him because he missed an opportunity for a touchdown and that's what coaches do they come back and a lot of times when you see when you're training up these young uh, guys and gals in sports that the coaches are just going over the same thing and the same thing repetition repetition and later on in life you've got those things so ingrained in you that when you begin to coach or teach young people you'll find yourself repeating some of the very habits some of the very words and so God is doing the same thing in His Word. He's saying, don't forget, because we can forget. And He says, so let's get our thinking in the right channel, and we need to focus on the reminders of truth. And so I've got four reminders this morning that I want to take and look at in a passage of Scripture in 2 Peter 3 and 1. If you got your Bibles, you might want to open it up, but I'll have it on the screen as well. And uh, I might not have... Yeah, I did tell them that of the right version. So, so let's read this together. It says, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them. Notice that word. Stand up if you want to. Those someone stand up as we read the word. That's fine. Listen to what it says. Dear friends, this is my, now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Do you see that? That's what we're talking about. I'm writing these things as reminders. Why? To stimulate your thinking. I want to stimulate you off the news, off the world's problems, off of everything that's going on that you've been thinking about. And I want to stimulate you with wholesome thinking. I want you to recall, recall the words that I've already spoken. I want you to recall them. Bring them to your remembrance that I've spoken to in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through the apostles. Next verse. And it says, above all, above all your priorities, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Scott, he's going now into reminding them of what he wants to remind them and has already reminded them of in the past. I want to remind you that scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is the coming he has promised? Ever since the ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But... They deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of the water and by water. But these waters also, by these waters also, the world that was uh, at that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and the earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget, again, don't 
forget. Let me remind you this one thing, dear friends, that with the day, uh, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Amen. You may be seated. So he says, I'm writing, uh, he says, I'm writing these reminders because I'm repeating things and I'm reminding you of these things because I want you to have wholesome thinking. He said, and there's certain people who are, who who are, are so careful, you know, or, or let me think about this. There's so many people in this room that are so careful about what you put in your mouth. Oh, I'm not going to eat any sugar. Oh, I'm not going to eat any bread bleached in white. Oh, I'm not going to eat any of this or that. I'm not going to eat any uh, 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 salt, too much salt. But how few of us worry about what we put into our minds? You worry about what you put in your body, but you don't worry about what you take in in your mind. You just let everything come into your mind out of the television, off the Internet, out of the devices that we are looking at, out of other people's mouth. We just let any thought come into our brain and into our head. We meditate on those thoughts and no wonder we get depressed. If that's all you look at all the time and you meditate on the thinking of the world and the garbage that's out here today, no wonder you get depressed. No wonder you begin. I'm hearing now more and more more every day about people taking their lives. A 40-year-old person we know recently took their life. You just hear more and more and more about, about this because people are meditating on things of this world. They're getting depressed. They're letting these thoughts come into their mind. If they're not meditating and getting depressed, they're meditating and getting angry and beginning to just lash out on social media and lash out at other people. And we're just seeing these thoughts come into the mind because people are saying, let anything come in. I've got an open door policy to my mind. I worry about what goes in my body through my mouth, but come on into the mind. And Peter says, I want to stimulate some of you with wholesome thinking now. It's time to get into the Word. It's time to remind yourself. It's time to wake up and to get, before you turn on the television or do anything else, it's time to get in God's truth. Amen? Not, your, not, not the wife and the husband's not getting into truth. The wife, you, husband, the wife can't get into truth for you. And wife, the husband can't get into truth for you. And children, we, you, we, you, we, there comes a point that we have to get into the Word of God ourselves. We have to meditate on Scripture. We have to get into the book ourselves. We have to get into uh, uh, teaching and preaching. Uh, however you can do it, there's, uh, there's so many ways today that you can get God's Word into you. So, that we, so Peter says, I want to stir you up to this kind of thinking. And then he says to some wholesome thinking. And he begins to tell us the first thing that he wants to remind us of here in a minute that we're going to see. But listen to what he says in these passages of Scripture. The first thing he says I want to remind you of is this that we read earlier. Mockers and scoffers will come. That's what he says. He says, the first thing I want to remind you of that I've previously written in this is I want to remind you that mockers and scoffers are going to come. He's saying, remember this. He said, there's going to be an increasing of this coming into our society. So don't be surprised when it begins to come. When you see them scoffing, when you see them mocking Christians, when you see them doing what they're doing out in California to John MacArthur and other people, don't be surprised. 
He said, I'm trying to stir up your mind to understand the things that I've written before, that mockers and scoffers are going to come. And he says, it's going to be like never before. And folks, we're seeing this like never before now, are we not? Are we not seeing the mocking coming in our nation? Are we not seeing the, 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 the horrible things being said now against believers and against Christians now? All over the face of the world we're seeing these horrible things that Peter's writing and that God is saying, remember this, stir up your mind so that when these things begin to happen, you're not freaked out by them, but you remember that I wrote them in the Bible. I told you to stir yourself up. I told you that scoffers were going to come. I told you that mocking was going to increase in the last days. Well, I don't believe that, Brother Brad. I don't receive that. Well, you don't receive it all you want. God wrote it. It's going to happen. He is sovereign and He's permitting scoffing and He's permitting mockers to come in the last days and they will scoff at the truth. So don't be surprised when you go to work, uh, Taylor, and you get made fun of for being a Christian. Don't be surprised when you're sitting in a group at work and they say, oh, you're one of those. What do you mean one of those? Uh, you know, uh, don't be surprised. They're going to mock the truth. They're going to do it. Even though Jesus says, I'm the way and I'm the truth, the Bible says that they're going to mock the truth. And what's happening now? Even churches are mocking the truth now. Even churches are coming out and denying these things. Even they are scoffing at the truth of God's Word. Well, maybe He didn't really mean that. And, and we really can't say Jesus is the only way to the Father. And so even now, churches are beginning to scoff and mock the truth of God. But don't be surprised. He says, remember this. I'm telling you this over and over and over so that when it begins to happen, you will be reminded, your thinking will be right, and you'll understand what's going on when it happens. Amen? He says they'll do this in verse 3 because they will come following their own desires. And we've been preaching this. I don't know why God won't get me off of it for the last three weeks. We have been preaching on self. On self. Because that's what they're consumed with. They're, it's not God is the sinner, but it's I'm the sinner. Me. It's all about me. And when I come to church, it's about me. And when I come to church, you better have coffee out for me. And when I come to church, you better have the right praise music out for me. And when I come to church, you better have the right hymn sung for me. Because it's all about me. And nobody better get in my seat because it's about me. And then, you know, it's about me, myself, and I. And so he says in the last days that they're going to come and they're going to, it's going to be about following my desires. It's going to be about, uh, you know, it's going to be about me. It's going to be about my own desires. And God's not going to box me in. God's not going to put me in a corner. God's not going to, because, because I, I don't answer to anybody. I don't listen to anybody. I don't follow anybody. And that's the problem in the world today. When you worship you, you have a problem with submission. And we got a big problem in the church today with a little word called submission. We don't want to submit to anyone. When God says, if you can't submit to, to each other in the Lord, if you can't submit to, uh, to the people around you, if we can't submit to each other, then you can't submit to God, friend. If you can't submit to authority, then you can't submit to the one who's in all authority. And so they say, I want it my way. I'm following my desires. 
And God says in the Word, repent and believe and give your life to Me. And they'd have the mentality, are you crazy? Are you, are you, are you, are you, repent? Are you crazy? Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're ushering in this me era now like as never before. And so the Bible says they are going to make fun of Christ and his return because that's what they have to do. You know, they'll begin to say, yo, where's his return? You always have said that. Where are you? Since the days of the fathers, you said he's coming. You Christians have been preaching this and announcing this. Every time a calamity comes forth, you start screaming, the Lord is coming. We're done with you. Forget about it. And so they began to mock. They began to scoff. They began to make fun of. I don't see Him coming. I'm not repenting. You've said this over and over again. And so He says in the last days that scoffers are going to increase. And Peter said there's going to be a lot of that going on so we don't have to go like, oh wow, and begin to panic. We don't have to begin to worry because we understand that God said this in His Word that it's going to increase. He said there's going to be a day of judgment. And they'll say, no, no, there's not going to be a day of judgment. No way. I, I don't believe that. Because here's the deal. Because they don't want to submit to it, they have to make fun of it. And so that's what they begin to do. And so they come after believers. They begin to insult uh, believers. And, and as more and more of these smart mockers uh, come in the last days, and as more and more of them get in charge in, 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 in uh, companies, and as more get in charge in little local governments and in health departments, and as more get in charge in the, in the nation, in the White House or Congress or Senate, you're going to see an increase of this mocking and this scoffing uh, and, uh, in the last days. Number two, reminder is he tells us they deliberately forget he says it's not that they can't remember they deliberately forget he says I want to remind you of that it's not that they can't believe they they won't believe they won't believe it even though there's evidence all around them even though it's obvious, even though there was a flood that destroyed the earth, even though that Sodom and Gomorrah happened, even though we have the report of all of these things that God did, the Bible says they deliberately forget in their mind. They forget the flood. They forget Sodom and Gomorrah. They forget that Jesus prophesied on, on the Temple Mount. He's standing there looking across from the Mount of Olives with His disciples, and He says not one of those stones will be left on another. They're all going to fall down and they're all going to crumble. And He was prophesying the destruction and ruin of Jerusalem in A.D. 70 when Titus would come in and when they would besiege the city of Jerusalem and rape and pillage and burn it with fire. And he, he saw that day off. And even though that's in our history books and even though we have proof and even though I've stood there on the same Mount of Olives and looked across at the same Temple Mount and saw those very stones that Jesus talked about laying in the valley, they still can go see that with their own eyes, but they choose to deliberately forget the truth. They deliberately choose to forget creation like they've done in our schools for years and years and years through this stupid thing we have called evolution that has destroyed the minds of our children. When you take the Creator out of the very first book of the Bible, then, then, then how are they going to believe the rest of the Bible is any truth? When you go to the very front and deny the Creator of the world and begin to just rip that out, then why should we believe the rest of it? And that's what we allowed them to do in our schools. 
It's what we've allowed to do in our colleges, in our universities, in our medical field, and all around the world today. And they choose to deliberately forget the truth of God's Word. Even though you can stare out into the skies, even though you can look at a little baby and see the intricacy of those body parts and the eyeball that's made and and of the little fingers and the little toes and how a, a kid like Declan comes out of two people and looks so much like that one up there that there ain't no way that was an accident that it was put there by a designer, it was put there by a creator, it was put there by a maker, and it just didn't accidentally happen over and over and over and over and over again. Just like this pulpit didn't just all of a sudden wind blow through this place and take some parts and just bam. But they deliberately began to put these reminders out of their minds. And, and, and Thessalonians and other places says, God habitually sends us in the last days strong delusions that we'll believe a lie and be damned. Friend, if you stay away from this truth today, you're in dangerous ground of searing your mind and your conscience and your heart, young people. You're in dangerous ground of, uh, of getting to a place where you will, will deliberately forget and turn away from the things you sat in from the song. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though you sat there and heard that, even though you heard about the cross, even though you heard about the blood, even though you heard about the sins of the world being laid on the Savior of the world, if not careful and not reminded over and over again of these things, we will begin to deliberately forget and we'll, because there's an agenda out there. There will be mockers. There will be scoffers out there saying, where is the day of His coming? Where is the Lord? Where, since, where is the creation? I don't believe any of it. And they'll get it, it will get into your mind and it will begin to attack you and our minds will begin to go all sorts of, of ways. So Peter goes on to say, they deliberately forget that the present heavens and the present earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Who believes that? How would we live if we believed that? Would that not cause us if we believe? Did you hear what he said? This present earth is reserved for fire. That's in your Bible. And judgment of the ungodly. How would we live if we believe, folks? This building, I could care less about this building. Guess what? It's going to go up in a puff of smoke. Your car that stupid piece of metal that we pay way over inflated prices for is going to burn. That house you live in, as wonderful as it might be, as fancy as it might be, or as shabby as it might be, it's going to burn. Everything around us, he says, is reserved for fire. That iPad, that iPod, that computer, that golf, those golf clubs, that football team, everything that you, that, that university, that job, that 401k, the stock market, everything the Bible says is going to be reserved for fire and it will burn. Everything I own will be burned one day. That's why David Wilkinson used to say things like this. He used to say, I hold on tightly. I hold loosely everything in this world, but I hold tightly everything in the next world to come because he knew it was all going to be destroyed 
And by faith we have to receive this because God reminds us of it over and over in His Word that the whole thing is passing away. He's going to fold it up like a garment. He's going to roll it up and it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be changed. It's going to be taken away. And, and their reasoning begins to say, well, it's just bogus. And they begin to say, that's foolish talk and that's stupid talk. And, the, and these accusations of mocking begin to come and scoffing begin to come. And they are forgetting that the same God who said, I'm going to send my son one day to the cross is the same God who said, I'm going to burn everything and judge everything with fire. The destruction of the ungodly. You say, I don't like that religion. Well, I'm sorry. It's in your Bible. I don't sit up at night trying to dream up things like this. It's in your Bible. We're just reading what the Word of God and delivering what the Word of God says today. So he says mockers will come and they'll say, where is God? And if He hates all this stuff, then why hasn't He come? You, you know, If He hates all this injustice that's going on, if He hates all the prejudice, He hates all the fighting in our streets, if He hates all this, then why in the world doesn't God send a little Sodom and Gomorrah action down on us? Why doesn't He do something about it? Well, that gets us to the point number three and reminder number three God is waiting and we just sang it in that song that Caleb and, and the praise team sang it just a little while ago talking about the waiting of God that he is waiting God is waiting he's waiting but do not forget this one thing my dear friend Peter goes on to say he says with the Lord verse 8 and 9 with the Lord the day of the Lord or he says with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day he said the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness and the word he uses there is tardy. He's not tardy in his coming. He's not tardy in showing up to come. Instead, he says he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but wanting everyone to come to repentance. Folks, that's good news. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that not good news? We're sinners. We all have failed Him. We are depraved. We are de the depravity of man needs to be preached like never before in this nation again so that people will know you're not kind of bad. We are really bad. And there's a holy God that has to do something to really bad people. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son for those bad people that whosoever would believeth in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent His Son not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. What a God. What a God. What a God. You see the tension of this holy God? Here's the tension of one who's got it balanced together with this justice. I have to judge. Shall the judge of the earth not judge? I have to judge. Yet my love just propels me to wait and to send my son so that people can be rescued and they can be brought into the kingdom of God and they can be changed. And folks, that's why he has not brought the curtain down because he is waiting. He does not want anyone in this room to perish. He wants you to come to repentance. And that's why He stepped into the universe. That's why He stopped time and stepped into time and, uh, so that you could be in eternity with Him. Amen? And so He waits. He waits for you. And He waits. He's coming soon. So He waits. And I'd be saying, God, why? I'd be like Jonah. Look at the evil. Bring fire down. And he waits. 
and he waits for you. Jonah, I'm going I'm to give him more repentance. I'm going to wait a little longer. Go preach to him. And he waits, right? Yes, yes. But he's coming soon. Yes. And he sees the abortions. And he sees the fighting in our streets. And he sees the anarchy. And he sees us turning morality into a pretzel. And he sees this and he says, turn to me. I'm waiting. Turn to me and repent. Change your ways. Turn from these things. Agree with me. And now go my way. Walk my way. But obviously, a lot of folks are going to perish because they don't receive him. And that's why he's waiting. That's why the church is called here to be salt and light in the earth. So he's waiting for you. And and the question is, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Here's the old song. What will you do with Jesus? Neutral you cannot be. Someday your heart will be asking, what will He do with me? So listen to what He says. He says, because I'm waiting and I'm imploring you, but here's the truth. One day, One day this present earth is being reserved for fire. And one day I'm going to judge. And one day this thing is going to burn up. And he says, you don't know what time I'm going to come because I'm coming like a thief. And he says in verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed with fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. He said, it's come, I'm, like, I'm coming like a thief. He said, if you want to live this way, if you want to die my coming, if you don't want to, I'm waiting and I'm waiting because I don't want you to perish. But if you scoff and you mock and you continue to put the day of the Lord off, be careful, be very careful because when I do come, it's going to be like a thief. I'm going to come like a thief in the night and you'll know what, not what hour I come. Folks, do you think a thief would text you? Do you think a thief would text you and tell you, hey, Tom, I'm coming to break in your house in 30 minutes? I mean, that would be stupid. That would be on world's most dumbest criminals because he would not text you and tell you what time he's coming. He says, that's how I'm going to come. That's what my coming is going to be like for those who don't know me. I'm coming like a thief. When you least expect it, you'll be caught off guard. And I'm coming. I'm coming like a thief. And at that hour, it's like an unsuspected car crash. All of a sudden, you're driving down the road. And before long, somebody hits you and you're spinning around. Bam! It's unexpected. It comes at a moment when you think not. The Lord of glory is going to come. And thieves don't send text messages. They break in when you least expect it. So he says, make sure you're living a life that is forgiven. Make sure you repent. Make sure you come to me. Make sure you humble yourself and bow your knee to my Lordship so that I can forgive you and I can cleanse you and you can be born again and you can come into the family of God. Amen? Amen. And so God is waiting and it means He's not slow. That's the Greek word. It means He's not slow or tardy. He is on time. He's delaying for you. What a God. He's delaying for sinners. He's delaying for us. He's delaying so that no one compares you. You talk about ultimate long suffering. You talk about a great God. You talk about a mighty God with all kind of power. The same God on a cross that is hanging there and says, I got legions of angels I could call right now and come and fight for me and take me off this cross. You talk about the same type of restraining power that held him up there on that cross to die for the sins of humanity is the same kind of power that's holding back the wrath and destruction from Almighty God. 
down on sinful man right now because he's delaying it for one more person to come into the kingdom of God before it's too late. Hallelujah. And in keeping with this promise, he says, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where the righteousness dwells. And that's reminder number four. He will return. He will return. He will. He may be waiting right now, but the Bible tells us that He will return. And when He returns, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. The Bible says that this present heaven and earth will be burned with fire. It says the very elements will burn. Everything will be burning. It will be rejuvenated. It will be renovated. The renovating of the whole thing by fire. The sun will be gone. The moon will be gone. The stars will be gone. Everything will be gone. And there will be new. The Bible says there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Wherein dwells the righteousness of God. I can't tell you everything about that new heaven and that new earth, but I can tell you one thing. It's going to be remarkable. It's going to be glorious. No eye has seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man what God has in store for us. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be satisfying. It's going to be incredible because it's coming out of the heart and the mind of a perfect, infallible God who is on the throne, who loves you and came up with the most incredible plan of redemption and salvation and a, and a perfection for the people of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't worry about what it's like because it's going to be more glorious than my mind or my eye or my heart could ever think of. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is re 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 renovating the new heaven and earth and He will come in and He will just absolutely intervene and we are going to have a glorious, glorious place where we're going to see our loved ones, where, we're, where, where, where there's no more dying, there's no more, no more sighing, there's no more sad goodbyes. Sadly, we preached a foolish gospel in this nation for, for, for a long time now where people think we were going to make a little heaven here, a kingdom now here. I don't want a kingdom now. I want a kingdom with Him. I want a kingdom with our God. The kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and His Christ and He shall rule and reign forever and ever and ever. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. And for thousands and millions of years, folks, see that, that, that Gospel, they didn't, we didn't want to preach about a heaven. We wanted to make a perfect earth here. And we didn't care if we had God with it or not as long as He made us happy and wealthy and healthy and wise. Amen? But I'm like Moses. God, if You don't go up from this place with us, then I don't want to go. I'd rather stay in the desert with You than to be in a mansion without You. And so we're looking for a new heaven. You notice none of the songs today talk about heaven? You notice that? Because we all just want to stay here. But thank God now that the earth is shaking and everything that can be shaken is shaking, it's not so fun to be here anymore, is it? It's causing us to let loose a little bit and to turn loose and to get it off of selfie mode again and to get it onto God. And the reason God would allow it to shake and to fall apart is because He knows it's idolatry and He knows there's nothing really satisfying in it anyway. It's built on sinking sand. And it's all going to crumble and burn and fall. But he knows if you'll ever see me like I did, Isaiah did, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne, and his train filled the temple. And the angels cried, Glory, 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 glory. 
And they saw Him. And if you ever see Him, you won't want the things of this earth. When you sing to Him, the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the glory of His beauty and grace. If you ever see Him, if you ever see Him, your iPhone won't mean so much. If you ever see Him, your house won't mean so much. Your car, they're wonderful. Have a nice house. Have a nice car. Have an iPhone. But I'm ready to leave mine the moment He says, come. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Amen? And so He says, we're looking for a new earth and a new heaven. And again, I say, what are you looking for? A new iPhone? A new vacation? A new job? What are you looking for? Peter says, difficult days are coming. He says, it's going to get worse. And the question is, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? That's the question today. Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Thessalonians says He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming quickly. He's coming for His bride. And He's coming to take us out of here. He's coming. In, the, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the trumpet is going to sound, and those which are, 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 are dead will come out of the graves, and those of us which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air. We're going to be with our Lord. I am looking. I am waiting. I am saying, even so come Lord Jesus. I am longing. In fact, let's sing that song again, praise Timmy, if you're still here. So we wait, we wait for you. And I'm going to pray. And here's, here's the altar call. If you feel you're not ready, if you feel you're not ready, God wants you to be ready. He wants you to be ready. He tells us for us, it's really not, for the believer, it's, it's really not going to be a shock because we're looking for Him. We're longing for Him. We're looking for His return. We're looking for Him to come and just take us out of here and take us home to be with Him. But for the lost, for those that do not know Christ, He'll come in an hour. He'll, he'll come like a thief and you won't know at what hour He comes. And here's the deal. He's not coming for churchgoers. Okay? He's not coming for good people. He's coming for born-again people. And part of the family of God. And so if you don't know Christ today, please don't leave this church or catch me after church or whatever. Catch somebody in this room. And make sure that you, 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 you get into understanding a relationship with God. And I want us to just stand all over the house. Those that can stand, if you can't stand, just worship in your seat. But I want to sing this song again. This altar's open. If you need prayer, if not, let's just, let's just thank Him. And let's sing these words. And let's just let these reminders come into our life while we're living in a world that is being shaken. While we're living in a, in a, in a time where, where uh, churches are shut down. While we're living in a time where even with the news going on right today with our president and things going on in his life, we're gonna, and we're, we're just going to see more clamping down and more tightening of the screws, especially on the church that we're going to begin to start seeing. And so, so uh, we need to have these reminders in our lives so that we're not shaken and that we know how to live in this world that we're living in. So if you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. If you need healing, if you need a touch from God, whatever you need, 
or just stay in your seat and call out to God there. He doesn't have to come touch you at the front and touch you where you're at. But let's sing this song before we close and let's just thank God for His return and let's sing this to our God and just worship Him in spirit and in truth. Father, we love You. Thank You for this wonderful, wonderful group of people today. I pray something, God, that, that just uh, from Your Word, God, just pierced. It just pierced through uh, the conscience, Lord. It just pierced through, uh, God, unbelief. It just pierced through unforgiveness. That it just uh, pierced through bone and joint and marrow, God. And Lord, uh, it just somehow made a way into the in something, just something. Jesus is coming. I pray that, Lord, like I, I, I can't help but thinking about it. I heard at the return, Nikki Cruz, and, and I said it the other night, Lord, how, how that when, uh, when, when, when they said he was irredeemable, irredeemable, a man that was irredeemable, Lord, that, that his mom and dad were, were Satan worshipers, and they told him he was terrible, terrible kid. He was the seed of Satan. And God, he found himself in a gang and doing horrible things. And Lord, just a, a skinny preacher that's told this young man, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, Nikki. And he said he went home and he could not shake that. He went out and fought in the gang battles and all he could hear was, Jesus loves you, Nikki. Jesus loves you, Nikki. And he would sleep with his girlfriend and all he would hear was, Jesus loves you, Nikki. Jesus loves you, Nikki. And everything he did, he said he was losing his mind and then he went to hear him preach and he bowed his knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and was born again. God, let something that was said, it doesn't have to all get through, but let something that was reminded to us by Peter get through to somebody here today, God, that scoffers will come, that mockers will come. So don't worry. Don't worry if we see increased persecution and scoffing. Peter said it would be like this. God said it would be like this. They deliberately forget. They deliberately forget. But God's not slow. Hey, God, why aren't you coming? Why didn't the rapture happen? Why? Why? God, why? It's so evil now. Oh, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises as some men count slackness. But He's long-suffering. He's long-suffering, desiring that none, that none should perish. But oh God, one day, one day, one day the ark will shut and the day of grace will be open and the real return will happen. Jesus is coming and every eye will see Him. And even those who pierced Him will mourn and weep and wail. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Oh, Jesus, You're so good. God, Lord, let us give our entire lives to You now. Let us deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow You. God, into Your death, into Your burial, into Your resurrection. No longer I, Paul said, that lives, but Christ in me. John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that He can increase. So let's just pray that today. God, help me. God, help me to get rid of me and to see only You and to be useful in Your hands in these last days in whatever way You call me to represent You in this earth, God. We make it so complicated. We make evangelism so complicated. Lord, just let us live our lives before men in such a way that they see Christ. They see Christ and glorify Him. Oh God, help us in this last hour. We're going to sing this song, and I want you to worship God. And then we're going to dismiss. Hallelujah.